everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thank you guys for listening today. I so appreciate you joining me. Uh, When I was in Detroit, I had an opportunity to talk to a couple of mamas at the airport and they told me that they listened to me in the shower. You know, you guys, I've actually heard that a lot over the last several of months. My my being out on the road and uh, that's an awful lot of naked ladies listening in the shower. So good morning, everybody. I hope that you're having a great day. This is Mailbox Monday. We're going to have a lot of questions answered today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm not kidding. What I was saying before is absolutely true. Whenever I'm out on the road, I have just, uh, I love meeting you guys and listening to your off the bench stories. And I love hearing about how you found the podcast and how you're listening to it. Lots and lots of you listening to this in the shower. So this is my little morning shower shout out to those of you who are listening to the show. Thank you guys for uh, just spending a little bit of time with me. I know you could be doing something else and I really appreciate it. It's just an honor and a privilege to be able to speak into your lives. This is Mailbox Monday. And so as you guys know, I have had a habit here for many years of answering questions at the show and just trying to give a little bit of encouragement and breathe some life into your homeschooling. And uh, if you want to have a question answered, actually, we're going to try to do something different. Um, I had a, a dad on the show the other day who I heard is off the bench story, and I just brought him on the show. And so if you guys are interested in coming on the show for maybe a five-minute segment or a 10-minute segment with me talking about how you got off the bench. I know it's encouraging to people to hear those stories. And so you can submit them by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit of a story. I uh, I hinted at it. I, I spoke about it just briefly the other day. But you know that about a month ago now, I guess it was almost exactly a month ago today, I was headed to a campaign event and I looked down as I was getting out of my car and I noticed my grandmother's uh, ring that I've worn for a long time. It's kind of a precious heirloom that uh, my mom and my sisters gave to me. And uh, I looked down as I was getting out of the car and I realized that the center diamond in it, the solitaire in the middle of the ring was missing. And I'm telling you what, you guys, I mean, I just, I was literally just sick to my stomach. I couldn't believe it, you know, uh, I love this ring. You guys have heard me talk about my grandmother a lot here at the show. And it's a, just a precious heirloom. Well, I looked everywhere. I mean, I looked in the in the garage. So I thought, well, maybe I it dropped as I was moving in and out you know, from the car. I, I was very, very careful not to vacuum the house or the bedroom for several days trying to figure out where, where it could be. We looked everywhere. And I finally just gave up because frankly, my life is so busy right now and I'm moving at such a quick pace, it could have been anywhere. I mean, I had um, my my sweet husband went through my phone and his phone and pictures that he had taken of me at various speaking events to try to see if I did, if the diamond was still in the ring at this event in Chehalis or if uh, if I still had it when I was speaking in Tennessee, those kinds of things. And we, we just couldn't, uh, we couldn't put our finger on it. And so uh, finally, I just... I thought, well, you know, I really don't have a choice. I'm just going to have to, you know, accept that uh, this is probably gone and I'm never going to see it again. And I, I grieved over it, you know, as you do over something like that. Funny thing about me is I'm not terribly sentimental about things, right? The things that, you know, I mean, my kids, when you have seven kids, they break everything. And so I think I've had, you know, I mean, you know, heirloom teapots and Things like that have been broken by my kids and even my grandkids over the years. And so I've kind of just hold on to things very loosely. I'm like, well, that's a bummer, you know, it's just going to burn anyway, so whatever. But there was something about this ring that really, uh, it it just just made me sad. Anyway, I'd sort of forgotten about it. And I went to 
Lansing, Michigan had an incredible uh, weekend there with the, uh, the men and women who do an amazing job ministering through Inch. Uh, and I had the opportunity to speak on the steps of the Lansing Capitol, just talking about freedom and why uh, freedom is never just one gener- never more than one generation away from extinction and why it's so important for people to vote and to get engaged and to become uh, active members in the communities that they live in. Anyway, it was an incredible opportunity. And uh, right after I got off of the stage, I got an, uh, a notification from Delta. This is the second time in a row saying your flight's been canceled. The first time there was a, a tornado. So we thought, well, we had a day. So we we drove my husband and I up to Ludington, Michigan. We weren't that far. We were like, you know, two and a half hours is pretty pretty close when you live in the Pacific Northwest. So we uh, we got in the car and we drove up to Ludington to visit with uh, Steve and Jane Lambert, who really are like adoptive parents to me. And we spent just a night there. It was fun. We went out for dinner and we, uh, you know, prayed together and just talked about what was going on. We really needed the shot in the arm. It was good for us. And we were heading out the door and I was fishing around in the bottom of my purse for some chapstick. And it seemed like there was sand uh, in the bottom of my little purse. And so I thought, oh, well, that makes sense because we were down by Lake Michigan and I probably got sand in my purse. So I was going to take out the liner and just sort of dump it out and get the sand out of the bottom of my purse. Well, as I was making sure that I had everything out of there, my fingers sort of felt this. I looked into the bottom of the purse and I saw this sort of sparkle. And I thought, well, maybe it was a gum wrapper. I mean, you know, women, come on, let's be honest, ladies. You never know what's going to be in the bottom of your purse. <laughs> you know, especially if you're a mom, you know, it could be binkies, it could be anything. But I see this little tiny sparkle. And so um, I I reached down to take it out and it looked to me like it might be a, a diamond. And I so I showed it to Steve and I was like, Steve, does this look like a diamond to you? Well, it was, you know, it was early in the morning and my eyes weren't working quite right. And, you know, it's a, it was a small diamond. It wasn't like the size of a doorknob or anything. So I showed it to Steve and he was like, Heidi, I think, I think that's a diamond. So we get out a flash, flashlight and I'm, I'm holding it in the palm of my hands and my hand's shaking at this point because I cannot believe maybe, just maybe, I'm going to, this is going to be my grandmother's diamond returned to me. I couldn't believe it. And sure enough, we we put it on a on a piece of paper and we shine a flashlight on it. My husband came in the room and pretty soon, you know, I mean, as soon as Jay saw it, he was just in tears. I was too. And it was a reminder. And I hope that uh, this encourages you. God cares about the little things. And we'd prayed about this this diamond with our with our kids. And I, you know, I think I said the day that I lost it, I said, I understood that in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things and with how many things are going on in the culture right now and how many things are just totally screwed up and wrong in our world, it just seemed like me losing a diamond out of my grandmother's ring wasn't that big of a deal. And so I was trying to measure my, you know, my human response to this to the response and the sort of the overall arching, you know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. But the fact that God would return it to me, uh, there was kind of a special prayer that my husband and I had prayed over it. And it just, uh, I don't know, it's its hard. It's hard. For, it, it still is kind of hard for me to even wrap my head around the fact that he brought that back to me. It was literally like finding a needle in a haystack. And so I know a lot of you are praying about things right now. And there might be some things in your life that you just think, oh, maybe God doesn't care about it. But I want to remind you, he cares about all of it. His word says that his eye is on the sparrow. And when I was younger, I would go to church with my grandparents and we sang a hymn, you know, his eyes on the sparrow. And so I know he watches me. And if his eyes on the sparrow, you are of infinitely more value to God than um, than, a, than a bird. 
And so pray about the things that are little, that seem supposedly insignificant in the grand scheme of things and trust them to the Lord because God answers prayer. He really does. Years ago, my nephew Bobby was in a terrible car accident. A lot of you guys heard me talking about this. We This was the subject of a lot of podcasts here for the months that he was in Randall's Children's Hospital at Portland, in Portland, Oregon. And I wrote a book during that time called Prayers for the Battlefield. I wrote that book mostly with just tears streaming down my eyes, just realizing, you know, the 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 nature, the significant nature of the battle that we face every single day by virtue of the fact that we live in a fallen world. And I was trying to reconcile what it looked like to go from one season of life to another, to go from one day when you get, you know, everything seems like it's working fine to all it takes is a phone call. And a friend of mine uh, is going through a very similar situation right now with her son. Uh, and I was thinking about this the other day. I know a lot of you are struggling with things. I just want to encourage you, uh, check out my book, Prayers for the Battlefield. It takes you through four, uh, no, five probably different seasons of life when we're encountering different obstacles and different challenges on the battlefield. And it demonstrates what it means and what it looks like to pray through the scriptures. Uh, scripture is a powerful tool. And the Bible teaches us actually that this is exactly true. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to help us cut through all of the, the garbage and the lies in the culture right now and help us make wise and good decisions. But it does more than that. It brings healing. And so if you're in a place right now or you know someone who is, um, check out my book, uh, uh, Prayers for the Battlefield. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. And also Bible Promises for Moms, which is like a $4 book, which by the way, just hit the um, the bestseller list for the month of May. So I was excited about that. These are two really great resources for you to, um, to just go deeper in your walk with the Lord. It's really just written from personal experience and then application to scripture. And I'll, I will be taking passages of scripture and praying through them and just teaching you how to do that. So check that out, Purse for the Battlefield. Uh, you can get them at my store at HeidiStJohn.com and uh, also anywhere that books are sold. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you guys know that it's Mailbox Monday. And so I'm going to take the next few minutes here at the show. I hope you guys are encouraged by my little story of finding my grandmother's diamond. Uh, and I'm going to get to your off the bench stories. The first one comes from Ashley in Georgia. And she said, Heidi, I've been listening to you for a year and a half. If I've gone behind, I've caught up. I haven't missed one podcast since a friend recommended you. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate that. Since I started studying our school district, I found SEL. So that's social emotional learning. I found SEL and CRT, critical race theory, heavily rooted throughout the website last year. I exposed it and they took the content down saying we don't want parents asking questions. Since that time, parents have read sexually obscene content in the materials their children have brought home from school, and the school board has ignored every request to review the content, including ignoring our state's obscenity law. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. When we went to the public uh, with the content, they pulled the content and blasted to the media that a parent challenged the book, quote, to kill a mockingbird. Why? Because they wanted to deflect the public from the truth. Yep, you right, Ashley. 
Well, now two of us parents are running for school board in our district. Only two seats are open. We live in a conservative community and we've had to do extensive work to get the word out in the community of the truth of what's being pushed in our schools. Not only that, but they've hired keynote speakers to teach teachers through professional development about diversity, equity, and inclusion. One speaker who is a critical race theory supporter and says, grading is racist. Anyway, I'm a huge supporter of yours. I listen to you every day and blessed by your wisdom. God told me to leave my corporate career almost two years ago and come home. We didn't understand why. And now we know what God was leading me to. I currently run our family business, homeschool our girls now, and I'm pregnant and running for school board. Our election here is May 24th. So at the reading of this, Ashley, that has already happened. I would love it if you would get back to me. Listen, this is the kind of stuff that just makes my heart sing because I recognize that you guys are, um, that the podcast, first of all, is having an impact on you and you're getting out there and you're doing stuff. See, it wouldn't really make any difference if I'm just here, you know, talking to myself and it never moved the needle. But to see you guys getting off the bench and onto the battlefield is making my heart happy, a hundred different kinds of happy. So Ashley, reach back out to me and let me know what happened with those elections. But you just you getting off the bench. And honestly, you guys, win or lose, it's a step in the right direction. And I consider that a win. Darla in Missouri. Heidi, I want to thank you for speaking at my church, Abundant Life in Lee Summit. You guys know I love Pastor Phil Hopper and Krista. Wonderful people there. Jennifer, so many of you guys, oh my goodness, uh, in Lee Summit. Uh, So thank you for having me. She said, we enjoyed it. I decided to get off the bench again this past fall and help my two school board and several city council candidates with their campaigns. I helped them with door knocking, delivering campaign signs and other behind the scenes things. And I'm excited to say our school board candidates won and also two of our city council candidates. I'm now helping Rachel Aguirre with her campaign. You guys know Rachel, I've had her on my show. I love you, Heidi. I'm excited for your run for Congress. Thank you, Darla. I love this. This is the kind of stuff I love to hear. By the way, if you guys are in my neck of the woods, we need help canvassing. Now is the time that my campaign, my run for Congress is kicking into high gear and you can find out how to uh, help me by just going to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You know, reach out to us. We would love to hook you up with the campaign. These campaigns cannot happen apart from individuals getting involved. So we're excited about that. All right, I'm gonna jump right into your questions. Wanna let you guys know you can support this ministry by uh, sending donations to and correspondence to us here at the Heidi St. John podcast care of 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. All right, so this one comes in from Lori in Montana. She said, Heidi, I love your podcast. Thank you, Lori. Bosh, you guys are encouraging me today. I appreciate that. Just want to encourage you uh, to alert you about a recently released documentary called Enemies Within the Church. I think I've talked about this before, but I appreciate you bringing it up. She said, I think you'll find it enlightening, especially given how, quote, off Tim Keller's response has been to COVID toward Christian conservative circles. One might not agree with everything revealed in the documentary, but it's good for us to be educated so that we can recognize false teaching and or false teachers should they enter our churches. The trailer can be found through a quick online search but the website is enemieswithinthechurch.com. I'll link back to that in the show notes today. Uh, one thing I will say, and you guys have heard me, you know, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, then you've heard me say that I am very frustrated and have been very frustrated with Tim Keller's response to a lot of things. The woke church is hurting us. There's no question about it. We, we're lacking discernment. We're sacrificing truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. We've got to be able to speak the truth in love and to act on what we know is true. And so even though some of these issues are difficult, they're not insurmountable. And so I appreciate anyone who says, hey, just because someone has a, 
their their MDiv or someone's a pastor doesn't mean that we necessarily should be listening to them and following what they say. So it's important. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Janetta in Virginia, she said, I'm a homeschool mom with four biological children, ages 14, 16, 18, and 20. We're also a foster family who will have officially adopted our two-year-old current foster son on February 14th. Congratulations, you guys. I've always been diligent in reading up on raising children, but what I'm realizing now is that I have an older teen living in my home and I have not adequately prepared myself for this time in our lives. I find myself struggling with knowing what is reasonable to expect from them regarding boundaries, rules, and responsibilities. Wondering if you can point me in the right direction. So first of all, what you're experiencing is very, very common. You know, when you've got kids that are, you know, 18 years old and 20 years old still living at home, it really does mess up the equilibrium in the home for the 14 and 16-year-old who are like, hey, wait a second, how come I have to do chores, but this 20-year-old doesn't? Well, the answer is very simple. That 20-year-old is now an adult. The problem is, uh, you know, and we and I and I'm, you know, I'm having similar conversations right now with a couple of kids I still have living at home. But the what you want to do is make sure that your 14 and 16-year-old know they are still in uh, under your authority and still being trained and you expect them to participate as you would have the 18 and 20 year old when they were 14 and 16. But I do think that boundaries are very important when you've got young uh, adults, especially living at home. It's just a good thing for them. Maybe don't leave a mess all over the house. You know, I have been a huge fan and we've done this off and on of just charging our children rent. Uh, not a lot of rent, but just enough to let them know, hey, uh, this is going to be expected of you pretty quickly when you leave the home. And also, you got to learn to treat your kids like adults. And this is difficult when they don't act like adults, right? And so just keep those lines of communication open. I think I answered a question here at the show a couple of months ago about a mom who was basically being abused by her 20-year-old son, you know, disrespectful, wouldn't clean up after himself, wasn't honoring his parents. When that happens, you guys, it's okay to say, you know what? I think it's time for you to get your own apartment. Uh I was laughing in uh, in Lansing the other day when a mom came up to me and she said, I've been, you know, watching you and, and your kids are grown. I just cannot imagine ever wanting my kids to leave the house. I said, well, how old are your kids? And she said, well, they're two and six and eight and 11. And I was like, well, that's why. <laughs> because there does come a point and it's natural and it's right and it's good when the separation needs to happen. So that's why I'm telling you, nurture those relationships with your kids. Uh, I've said it many times here. You know, Jay and I are really blessed to have wonderful relationships with our adult kids. They are some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Um, but when they're when they're making that transition from living in your home to moving out and kind of, you know, flexing their wings and trying to get out on their own, it can be a difficult transition. So make sure that those boundaries are in place, that you've talked to them about what you expect, and then um, and then let them be an an adult. So look at look and see what that looks like. And if they can't respect your boundaries, then they shouldn't be living at your home. All right, Lizzie in Knoxville. She said, do you have any advice for me as a businesswoman trying to live the truth while building a business? I'm a mama to a three-year-old who comes with me nearly everywhere. My heart is to homeschool him and any future children, not only in academics, but in business building. I love that. Uh, she said, um, "I have, if I have to quit or pull back from my job to be available to my family, I will. But so far, it seems that the Lord is providing work outside the home as well as inside. And I want to be a good steward of the opportunity to financially support the fight for our country's freedom. So honestly, I mean, you guys know this about me. My husband, Jay, and I have started multiple businesses. 
Uh, I have been a working mom for most of my life as a mother. A uh, long time ago, I sold Tupperware when my kids were little. I, I did almost everything I could because my husband was a pastor and we didn't make a lot of money. And so I understood, I learned lessons about managing money when my kids were little. And I learned oftentimes you just have to get more income. And that's why I did um, Tupperware. We did all kinds of things, you know, uh, during those years. Eventually, uh, I became an author and now I make a living as an author and a speaker. And so I think that the main thing when you're building a business and you're trying to establish your family is that you just keep God's priorities primary. That's the first thing, right? So that God's priorities are, are listed out in his word. It's a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus. Every single person listening to this, we should be spending time in the Bible every day. That's how we grow in our relationship with the Lord. That's what teaches us what his word means and how to love our spouses and how to treat our children. Uh, so be in the word and out of an overflow of what God does with you and your quiet time alone with him, you pour into your spouse and out of an um, overflow of that, you pour into your children and out of an overflow of that, you homeschool or you pour into the community or whatever it is. So when, we, when we're focusing on raising money or we're focusing on other things that are um, not in line with God's priorities, in other words, maybe your focus is on raising money first instead of nurturing a relationship with the Lord first and doing the things I just said, the, that is where you find success. And so I would encourage you that way. Um, like I said, I am a work, I'm a working mom and have been for a long, long time. And so I understand it, but I also believe that God honors it when you honor his priorities. And some of you listening to this are not in a position right now to be doing anything, but uh, homeschooling your children and, uh, and, and nurturing your family. And that's okay. I actually think that's good. I miss the years that um, that I had all of our children at home and my primary focus was on them. So it's a precious time. It goes by quickly and it's not worth sacrificing it. I don't think really for any reason. Uh, Lisa from Hudsonville. Heidi, any advice fighting sexually explicit books in public schools? I'm personally fighting a book being advocated in our high school that contains jaw-dropping graphic sex scenes, oral sex, and masturbation. This book was being advocated as a book club read for a junior and senior classroom. I spoke with the principal and submitted a formal complaint and they did take it off the book club list, but they won't remove it from the classroom. So this is another reason, Lisa, that I keep telling parents, I think our schools are fundamentally broken. If you can pull them out, I would. Uh, and then you continue to fight for this stuff. I mean, it's no wonder our kids are so screwed up. It's no wonder we've got, you know, um, school shootings and all manner of, of insanity in our country right now. Because we are allowing our children to, their minds and their hearts to be flooded with things that they are not ready for and they should not see. And so I would, I would continue, if you're able to, Lisa, if you're able to take your kids out of that school, I would, uh, but that's just me. Like I've said many times, I just don't think that, uh, this, that, these, that these schools are good places for children anymore at all. But in, the, in, the, in lieu of that, and actually alongside it, I would say to continue, I would be putting stuff out on social media. I'd be going to the news I'd be I'd be using my voice in whichever way I could to say this is happening and it should not be happening. These are our children and these are this is not appropriate for school. School is for reading, writing and arithmetic. It's from it's for history, right? Well, it's not the kind of history they're teaching now. Again, our schools are broken. We need Christian teachers in our schools and Christian administrators who hopefully will take a stand against this kind of garbage. But Lisa, keep using your voice. Uh, it's more important probably than you than you may even realize. I think, you know, as we as we sort of move into different uh, different seasons in the culture, you're going to see this continue to ramp up because this is a fight against good and evil. It really, really is. I'm running out of time today. I'm going to take one more question. 
and uh, and then we'll be done for today. Heidi, I'm a mom of six here, ages fifteen to ages five to eighteen. Boy, that'd be crazy if you were a mother of six, ages fifteen to eighteen. I'd be what's that like triplets and twins? Oh my goodness! Anyway, we have let too much world into our home and have been thrown off track. How do you reel in very worldly, outspoken teenagers? I feel that we are at the point of no return, and now I feel hopeless. So, Melissa in Canada. First thing I want to say is just the fact that you recognize that this is where you are is a really good place to be because that tells me that you are paying attention to what God is doing in your family. And a lot of parents are in your situation right now. And most of the time they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to acknowledge it. So I thank you for, for, bringing, uh, for bringing that question here. Listen, uh, God is always at work. And your job, I mean, you've got kids who are still young enough to really be shepherded and your older ones, you're right. I mean, as they go older, it gets more and more difficult. There's no question uh, to, uh, to sort of change course. But what you can do is you can, uh, as long as your kids are in your home, you get, to, you get to determine what's in your home. Are your kids gonna like it if you take things away from them? Probably not, but they'll understand when they're older. And so your job isn't to be friends with your kids. Your job is to shepherd them, to parent them, to correct them, to love them, to train them in righteousness. The Bible says that correcting our children leads to the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so I would be, uh, you know, having conversations with your kids about what you will and will not allow in your house and why. And it's okay to go to your kids and say, you know what? We blew it. We blew it. You know, I had to go to Savannah and tell her I blew it because I told her she could go to the public school when she turned uh, 14 because I just, I was a chicken and I, I thought she wouldn't want that. And when she did want it, I had to go, you know what? I blew it. I gave you a responsibility to make a decision that wasn't yours to make. It's mine. I certainly am interested in what you have to say and I'm going to take it into consideration. But at the end of the day, God will hold me responsible for what I do with you, not you. And that's a good conversation to have with your kids. And so uh, study the word with them, read them good stories. You know, we read missionary stories to our kids, uh, you know, almost all they're growing up. Try to get into the word with your kids so that they know that God loves them and they understand how the world works from God's perspective. And so um, taking in places like the Ark Encounter, oh my goodness, you know, we've taken our whole family there. Really thrilled uh, our son, Skylar, and his wife, Isabel. He got to bring Isabel to the Ark last time we were there. It's an incredible place for you to surround your, your kids with truth uh, in, a, in an uh, environment that is very, very well done and just immerse them in truth. Truth matters and that is what changes hearts, okay? So it's not you that changes hearts. Your responsibility is to provide your kids with an environment in which this, the truth is easily accessible to them. It's the Holy Spirit's job to, do, to bring the work of the conviction that needs to happen so that their lives are committed to following Jesus. That's all I've got time for today, you guys. I so appreciate you uh, writing in to me at uh, Mailbox Monday. Again, you can do that by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. I want to hear your off the bench stories. I'd love to get your feedback. That is the place to do it. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and for praying for us. Again, if you would like to be involved in helping me with my run for Congress, if you live anywhere in this area, please come by our office in Battleground, Washington. We're starting a canvassing effort. It's a great way for homeschool families to get engaged in the community and to see what it looks like to be part of uh, getting involved in our local government. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith 